Craft Beer Radio, episode 253, recorded on June 26, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are coming at you from both sides now. And here we have a selection of beers that we got from Savor. So, one of them, we're not even quite sure exactly what it is, and we'll find out. We know, we have an idea what it is, but we don't know what You didn't get this one from Savor. Oh, oh, I guess you did. Yes. Ah, sneaky Pete. I was, uh, I was very careful. All right. So, excellent. Excellent. I guess we should start with probably the normalist of the bunch. Sure. And that is the one that we found in our hotel room when we got there. This is the Dogfish Head 61, which I believe they're bottling, and you can get it out in the world. Yes, it's their, it's a year round. It's their first new core beer since 27. This is an alcohol by, by volume of 6.5%. It's basically their best-selling 60-minute IPA plus one new ingredient, Syrah Grape, grape Must from California. Isn't that Syrah? Syrah. K Syrah Syrah. It is reddish. Hmm. So 60 minute, but with a little more grape, huh? Yeah. So it's a, it's a grapey 60 minute, they say. Now, yeah, the, the color is yeah pretty interesting in terms of the red. In fact, a red that I would not be surprised, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, it has a, a raspberry lambic that they got or something like that. <laughs> That's it. You know, when you're looking at this, I was going to say a creek, right? Or something yeah. like that. But yeah, it looks like um, very clear and has a very rich red. Not not like mar- maraschino, though, but it's a lot. It's a more maroon, I guess, darker. Mm. It's a little cold. I... Uh was down in uh, Maryland this weekend, and I uh, gave my parents the bottle of uh, Jolly Pumpkin Beer to Mars that I had. Oh, okay. And... Oh, that was the one that you had recapped, right? No, no. Oh, the you one, had a different one? I had a different one. I, okay. I had one that I bought just for them. So, they, the very first thing, you know, I told it was complex. Complicated beers. A lot complicated, more complicated than you're going to find normally. And we did the unfortunate thing of taking it right out of the refrigerator, and pouring it, and they kind of just got all vinegar right away. Mm-hmm. And then I say, you know what? Let it warm up. And so after after about uh, after about forty five minutes to an hour, they really were. They finally understood it. It it was one of those beers that it had to warm up. If when it was cold, you could not get all the good stuff out of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was their favorite beer. You know, I told them. It's, you got to be careful. I mean, you're going to really hype that beer, right? But I, I was also drinking a little bit with them and, and sort of mm-hmm. explaining what I was tasting. So, see, if, you know, sort of bringing bringing them along on the journey, not mm-hmm. just saying just drink it and see what you think. So, but but it was true that once we warmed the beer up, all those other notes came out. So it's a you know, telling thing. Don't keep these things in, in the fridge. Or if you're going to keep them in the fridge like we have for these, warm them up before you have a drink. Yeah, we're using our favorite Spielau snifters. They call them the Pilsner glass on the website. But uh, nice thin glass, easy to wrap your palms around and put some heat right into that beer. Also has a big, nice uh, opening at the top so you can get a lot of aroma. And it's tulip-shaped, so the aroma will 
gather. Speaking of Saver, I guess oh, we 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 did a show last time. I'm like, this is the first time we've talked since we've done one, but I forgot no, about last time. No, last time. But it's the first time we've uh, got the. Uh, what did we talk? We didn't talk about the IPA glass last time, did we? I don't know whether no. Yeah, so we we have one of the new Spiegelau, um IPA glasses, and we're going to be doing some some fun things with that. The um, I've done some testing, and the opening of the glass is. A, almost indistinguishable from the saver glass. So you could be blindfolded, touch the glass to your lips and drink something and not know which one you're drinking from if someone pours it for you. Mm -hmm. So we could really do some blind tastings on if that thing has, you know, if it accentuates an IPA over a snifter. Yeah, no, it would be interesting to, to try that. Uh, they're, they're quite, there's lots of questions, lots of variables we have to ask ourselves that do we know the IPA going in beforehand? Should we... I mean, there's a bunch of different tests we can do. This one particular test is so the drinker would not know which glass he is using, right? right? You would have to have someone hold the glass for you and pour it into your mouth. Right. But you would be able to be blindfolded and feel it on your lips and not know which glass it was. Even if you've even if you tested both glasses in advance, they're so close you couldn't tell which one was which, which mm-hmm. is great. So... All right, my beer's nice and warm now. Feels pretty warm to the touch. Take a sniff. You get mostly the grape. It tastes a mix between a red wine and a grape juice. It has a kind of a. I don't want to sound disparaging when I says when I say it has like a Welch's aroma to it, but it has a little bit of Welch's in there. It's a bit of mustiness is coming through. You know, a little yeasty mm-hmm. character. Uh, and the, the first thing, when it was really cold, I smelled basically the hops. I smelled yeah, basically yeah. 60 I could definitely smell more hops when it was cold than I can now. It seems like a weird combination to put together and make it a year-round brew. IPA and grapes. I mean, we haven't. T- I haven't tasted it yet. But just going into this whole proposition, I'm like, really? <laughs> That's what they picked? I, I mean, it's only weird if it's bad. Oh, all right. I'm just saying the thought of it, right? Yeah. You took a sip. I haven't taken a sip yet. I'm just saying before I taste it, going in, that's my thought process. Yeah. Like, that's an odd one. But I will say this much. When you have a beer that is a that, that you are convinced is going to be year round, it's also most likely not going to be amazing because that takes more effort and usually those amazing beers you also can hold them out for various events and get more money off of selling your amazing <laughs> beers at a certain period of time you can make amazing beers year round there are some brewers that do it okay i mean it's, it it happens but it's a uh... so first sip you could taste kind of the maltiness of the 60 minute to go with the grape flavor and and a little bit of the whiny flavor. The hops were just there barely. Mm-hmm. I didn't get too much of the hops. The, the grape is really doing a good job of muting the, the hops, although 60 minute is not as hoppy as other mm-hmm. IPAs. But it does have that really interesting and, and, and delightful, I think, uh, hop curve because of the way they add it. It, it does. And, and the... the the grapes, it's kind of this nice fruit juicy type flavor. It's not too potent. It's not too whiny. It's not too sweet. I'm thinking back to the other fruit juice added beers, you know, like they're red and white and they're black and blue. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I've had those, but this almost seems like an evolution of those kinds of fruitings where this one just 
I don't know, this tastes really good. It has a nice blend. It's not, it doesn't have any, um, weird bumps on it that don't seem quite right. It's very nice and blended and well put together. I think I'm really, yeah. I've been saying for a while that I think that fruited beers are really what's coming down the pipe. People are starting to get a handle on how to handle fruit and beers. And it's, it doesn't surprise me that Dogfish Head is uh, is trying to do one and is doing one pretty pretty well. This is possibly also, I mean, Sam did the he said beer, she said mm-hmm. wine thing for a long time. I'm I'm sure this, he's well, he's had a lot of good wine and mm-hmm. he kind of wanted to see if he could. His family wine. has a history of wine yeah. making as well. Yeah. So. And this is, it can be considered intermediate. I mean, it's much more of a beer than a wine, but you can bring across some of the characteristics of wine. Uh, but you're still you're still getting a. I, I would say it's an, an American pale ale with grape mm-hmm. additions. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not the same beer as uh, red and white or black and blue. But uh, for you know, for me, it feels like it's the next step. It's an improvement. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a year-round beer. It's very drinkable. Has good flavors to it. Um, I like it. It's good. It's a, it also, as we said before, has a beautiful color to it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's got that lovely color. So uh, Sam uh, gave this to us in our uh, hotel rooms, right? The, the, these are there with a little card from him saying, yeah, "I think everyone, everyone, is, yeah, everyone, everyone is staying with the with the Brewers Association." Hopefully it was everyone. Hopefully it wasn't just us. But um, I don't think it was just us. Yeah, there was a little signed card saying, thanks for being part of Saver. So I think it was probably press yeah, the it didn't say brewers. The- Hi, Greg. Thanks for being part of Saver. <laughs> Clearly he wrote a lot of them. But uh, but he did. I mean, he recognized us. Mm-hmm. Or they released me on the floor. I don't know if you I didn't talk to him at all. He's always so busy. Yeah, he's always. Yeah, you can't. Get, I mean, I, he recognized me in terms of. My face. I, I doubt he knew who I was, mm-hmm. but he's no. He's, he know. He knows he's seen me before. So, but he's seen a lot of people before. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. <coughs> all right, I'm done coughing all over the microphone. Sorry about that. It happens. So yeah, that was uh, that was very nice. It ends with a little bit of a um, hmm. Kind of ended a not quite so dry, right? It ended a little sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's not sweet. It's not juicy or like you know, like fruit juice or anything. Finished good. Finished good. I'm taking a stop action vine of the beer going down, 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 down. <laughs> so I'll post that in a little bit. What am I doing? Worrying about my vine too much. Where do you want to go next? Jeez. Um, is that what you're you're thinking? I'm thinking that's less weird than uh, chocolate chili. All right. So Saver for the past couple of years has doing has been doing a collaboration beer that they have given out. Commemorative gift they give out. Yeah. yeah. And this one is New York Limited. This is uh, Brooklyn and Saranac, Saranac and, and Sam Adams. Oh my god! Really? Not Sam Adams. They're not in New York. Oh, yes. Brooklyn, I'm getting a yes. It's a gusher. Or, let's see. Maybe it'll stand up. Nope. nope. Gushing. Gusher. So they call it a strong white lager, wheat beer with spicing. 
they use New York State ingredients as much as possible, including honey, multiple spices, including lemon, ravana, and the New York State hops. They worked with the Brooklyn facility to brew the beer with lager yeast. This bottle conditioned with ale yeast. Hmm. Yeah, you'd almost have to bottle condition with ale yeast, right? Because the lager yeast would work so slowly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think that would be a very timely or predictable venture. I wonder what kind of honey they used here. The honey? <laughs> well, Yes. Beer pour is a slightly cloudy. It's a it's a pretty rich gold. Can't really get your fingerprints through it. Maybe you can tell you have fingerprints. Very fluffy. Well, it was a little bit of a gusher, so it poured with a big head. The head is very airy, like a meringue. Lots of air air in it. There's some peppery like straw like straw straw like honey. I like like. I mean, if, if they made honey out of straw, it's sort of a sweet quality, and like, and the honey is coming through. Interesting. I'm smelling this this peppery type, uh, you know, from the phenols. They use that lager yeast though, so that's unusual. That you would think that would come from a Belgian yeast, but they they didn't mention any spices. Maybe that's from the honey, and I'm just smelling it differently. I don't quite know what lemon verbena is. So let's see if I can figure out. Species of flowering, flowering plant. Native to Western Southern America. <clears throat> it adds a lemon flavor to fish and poultry dishes. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I smell a little bit of... Like a wild, I think it just kind of smells like a wildflower honey. There's nothing too distinct. Yeah, the first thing that was coming across was actually almost close to asparagus. But yeah, I mean, from what you were saying, you know, the straw and whatnot, I was thinking maybe it was a buckwheat or something like that. But but yeah, buckwheat honey. I, I was thinking along those lines because we've had that buckwheat honey mm-hmm. aroma and, and taste before. But that's in a, in a whole other direction. It's it's a lot more intense. Indeed. Yeah, it is. this is this I is love, more. I love that yeah, stuff. it was great, but it was not this. It it was this straw that that really was coming through to me on this honey, like. Mm-hmm. The bees were all going after grass, which is interesting. But now I'm getting more than the gra- grass is a uh, self air pollinator, right? Right. So yeah. So yeah, it's so. unlikely. Now a lot of spiciness is coming through. Uh, It's still changing on the aroma for me to the point where I don't know about whether to taste it or not because I don't know exactly what to expect. We got a 750 of it, so go ahead and take a sip. All right. It's a little wheaty. There's, um, mm. oh, it's, there's some kind of like licorice or bubble anise gum. type bubble gum and a little bit of licorice or something like that. You know, it's kind of a. Yeah. But not not like a black licorice, not a potent. Maybe like, maybe like imagine what you would think like old timey licorice would taste like, where it's not quite as <laughs> refined and it's more natural. You know. Well, you know, I I think that there there might be some anise in here, and I think that mm-hmm. is giving it. You know, anise has a quality similar to licorice, though it's not as bold and as sort of 
busting your your mm-hmm. mouth with it. Huh. Trying to find the other flavors in there because the first thing that hit me was the the lemon and and the and the wheat. It's starting to remind me more and more of White Christmas from Sam Adams. All those whip beers they threw nutmeg into and ruined. Mm. You know, it's starting to remind me more and more of those. For some reason, I'm just not a fan of of nutmegged wit beers. And well, I don't pick out nutmeg in this one. It, it's taking it's, me it's, down the same road. It's spicy. It has yeah. a lot. Uh, and by spicy, I don't mean you. We don't mean like capsaicin spicy. We mean spicy in terms of there's a lot of the spice cabinet is thrown in here. Yeah. I mean, like. see, for whip beers, coriander works for me. Cardamom, nutmeg, anise, mace. Not not my favorite flavors in a whip beer. Eight point five percent alcohol by volume on this one. Hmm. It's got some interesting qualities to it, but I'm gonna taste some more too. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out of limb and say Terra Incognita was better. Yeah, I think Saber Flowers was better too. Yeah. Wait, I'm starting to feel some of the honey come through. And the honey eases the spiciness a little bit. Just a little bit. Although the spiciness sort of still sticks around in the back of your mouth. And it builds a little bit. But on on your tongue, the honey kind of wipes away the spiciness. That's okay. Yeah. There's a... there's interesting premises that that the beer is is putting out and but you know if you are a rare beer fanatic maybe you'll be can you taste the rare can i taste the rare uh no no it doesn't am i being slightly um Changed by tasting rare, but because we have four of these in the fridge, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not so rare in this house, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's not so much of a, an excitement around this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel particularly like I'm being. You know, I'm getting a chance to taste something that no one else tastes, even though I am. Mm-hmm. It's it's still not it's not blowing me away. So the the rareness doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be any good. It's not, not not as bad, but it's commercial time. Commercial. Oh, oh, he's got to cue up the music. Not commercial time. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you keep. Uh, I should probably put this on. Make a link to it. So do a little dancing monkey here. So yeah. keep people entertained. All right. <clears throat> Yeah, would you want to start? <laughs> oh, there it is. I'm like, well, it's on like a. I was like, where's the music at? All right. So, if you would like to support Craft Beer Radio, there are several ways you can help us out. The easiest way is to do something you already do, and that is shop on Amazon.com. 
But don't go to Amazon.com. That's bad. You want to type in craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then you get, you get bounced to Amazon.com yeah. with our referral credit. And then anything you buy benefits Craft Beer Radio, and it doesn't cost you a penny more. And... Yeah, that's you know those are the best ways you can. There's ways you can donate to us if you want to. You've gone over to overboard, but I mean, yeah, you can um, donate money through PayPal. We have monthly recurring subscriptions. You can donate as little as two dollars a month or twelve dollars a year if you so like. You can find that link on our website. Uh, things to buy from Amazon. There are two things we've talked about in the past that we cannot recommend more, and that are these beer glasses from Spiegelau. And on the Craft Beer Radio website, we have a little CBR Amazon store where I've kind of aggregated some products I like. And they have the different Spiegel glasses. I need to add the IPA glass now that they it's in production. The other thing that we cannot recommend more is these Xylus wine and beer stoppers. I'm not sure they ever say beer in the in the description, but they're these little spring-loaded gasket thingies that you can put in bottles of beer, and they do a wonderful job of keeping your beer till the next day. If you're opening a bomber and you're by yourself, use a Xylus. If the beer is at least half full, you're going to get really good results. I've had a bottle Xylus stopped for like two or three weeks, and I've drank it and not had any noticeable ill effects. I wouldn't recommend doing that all the time, but I've done it. So those are the two products that uh, are Craft Beer Radio approved. Ting! Okay. And we're back. All right. So this is a beer that uh, we found on the street. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the 12 Beers of the Apocalypse from Elysian Brewing Company. And this is Pesty Chocolate Chili Ale. I think it's pest, pest, or pest, but uh, but I don't know for sure. Do you have a description, or do I need to read the label? Uh, so yes, <clears throat> let's see here. I I was able to find their PDF, which has the information on it. So seven point five percent alcohol by volume, uh, cocoa, chilies, and cinnamon. So it's a blend of Peruvian cocoa, Ceylon some cinnamon, and chipotle, guajillo, which are the are those the ghost peppers or no? Uh, that's a joke, something or another. Not Pasila, ancho, and cayenne peppers brewed with pale Munich C77 crystal and chocolate malts and roasted with roasted and flaked barley and nominally bitter, they say, with magnum hops. So there you go. Chocolate chili oil, 7.5%. Lyceum Brewing Company is in Seattle, Washington. Elysian. Elysian, yes. Oh, I haven't smelled it yet. I'm busy putting the xylus on the top so we can save that for later or the post show. We we often we often xylus cap these things, but if they're really good, they don't make it through the night. No. <laughs> so Greg is giggling from the aroma. Mm-hmm. Let's see why. It's, it's a dark beer brown with red highlights. It uh. It smells like one of those artisanal chili chocolate candy bars. You know, it, it smells like a lot of cayenne ancho, nice chocolate. It smells like aroma. a lot of chili powder was put on, you know, on top of a chocolate bar. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you can really smell that mm-hmm. chili. The pepper, the pepper is is definitely, but it, it's not just like burn your nostrils hot or anything like that. There's some, some no, it's, it's the flavor that's coming right. out mostly. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there, there's a there's a quality to capsaicin that it's a, it's a vaso, uh, not restricted, but vaso, um, the opposite of vaso. <laughs> That's a dilator, I believe. And, and it opens up your pores. And that's one of the reasons why you get interesting taste when you combine capsaicin with other things. But it also, I mean, it opens up those. It, it there's some, up your, your there's a little bit of heat in the beer. Great pepper flavor. The um, cover of this 12 Beers of the Apocalypse has a big comic book caterpillar with a human head type thing. And uh, it says it's from, there's a label inside that says Fantagraphics Books. So they must have a, uh, artwork is Charles Burns 2012. So they must have kind of a collaboration of these 12 beers of the apocalypse with comic book artists and things like that. Greg ones. Hmm. Is there anything on the left hand side of the or the right hand side of the label there that wasn't on the website? No, I'm no. just looking at the, at, at what that is. I'm not sure whether that's a caterpillar or not. But look at the feet. Right, but it has it has eight feet, which means it would not be a caterpillar. It's a caterpillar. Well those aren't those aren't the those aren't the insect legs feet. Those are the little pads on the bottom of the segments like a like a tent worm has, right? They have one. Right, but it could segment. be it could be like it's a comic a book drawing. It could be a centipede, is what I'm saying. No, they'd be out the side. They wouldn't be It the could be a like human that. centipede. Yeah. 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 that's true that's true those are more of the pads not really feet so I doubt it was really meant to be drawn anatomically correct for a anthropomorphized well, caterpillar if, if they knew they were going to be on the show which they didn't but if they knew <laughs> they should have been right about it no it's interesting the, the, it's got this look of demonic possession for the All human-faced right. so, so here comes category. a picture so it'll be on my twitter stream check back twitter for wednesday the 26th if you want to see this picture mm-hmm. or the vine i just posted has it as well but All this right. is like we said part of their 12 beers of the apocalypse this is a limited beer brewed once this you can probably more taste the rare in that you can this, taste the rare. This is something that you're not going to to run across very often. It's got a lot of chili flavor. It's got a good amount of chocolate. The chili flavor is more on the hot side than it is on the getting the flavor of the chilies out without the hot, without the heat. So... It kind of depends on what you're looking for. I, I think that one of the amazing thing about the capsaicin fruits are that they have these amazing flavors there, and you sometimes have to deal with the spice to get through them. But the best beers that I found, their chili beers, pull out the flavor without getting a whole huge hit of spice with it. And this beer doesn't <coughs> quite do that. It pulls out a lot of the spice with the flavor and that slightly minimizes the uh the amount of joy you can get from the flavor because you're still having mm-hmm. to balance it out with the spice. 
looks good. It's really good. It's like you said, you know, there's, it's not just hot for hot sake. There's heat there, but it has a great balance to it. Pulls it back in. It does, it fades out. It doesn't have a long tail that really wants you like needing milk to drink. That's not what I was saying. What I was saying was that the heat is, is a little overdone. You think it's overdone? I think that the heat is, like you said, is really good. I think it just fits in the measure of good instead of really good. I think that it's, I think that they could have done more or, or the best examples of a chili beer does more to relieve, to, to relieve the heat. Hmm. And this is slightly compounding on it with each sip. And it's not really getting out the the major flavors of those chilies. You're getting more smokiness as opposed to getting those interesting fruity flavors that come from the chilies. So I kind of disagree. I don't think that this okay. is the uh, really uh, well, super well done chili. I think it's it, I think okay. it's fine. Right, right. So okay, Greg is also you know not a spice head. Right. I like spicy things better. So, you know, if you're if you like, I, I think if you like spicy things, you'll find that this one is not challenging your threshold of being able to drink it, but has, you know, a nice, noticeable heat, good flavor. It it doesn't have all the fruity, fresh pepper flavor. It almost tastes like it was made from dried peppers. Yes, um, but it does taste. Just like almost every pepper chocolate bar I've ever had. You know, it's that kind of pepper use. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. There's. Yeah, that, that that's a good way to put it. It's a chocolate chili bar turned into a beer. Mm-hmm. And while I really like the chocolate chili bars, I also find that usually they don't have the kind of. I mean, the amazing thing about chilies is that they have this wonderful, these wonderful flavors mm-hmm. that you can't really get anywhere else that are sort of locked into the capsaicin and the best brewers and really, you know, the, the best, the best use of those peppers is when people are able to draw out most of the capsaicin and still bring that wonderful flavor that you can't get anywhere else. I don't feel like they're doing quite that here. At least to the extent that other beers have. Even um almost certainly this beer was paired with some chocolate, right? Yeah. That savor. Yeah. Well, well So you would you know that's the one thing that this is missing compared to a chili chocolate beer, is that creaminess, that that kind of thing that kind of will mute the chilies a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you have a chocolate beside this, it might balance the beer out a little bit more in that pairing. If you ate this with some sort of souffle or you ate this, you know, with something with, with the milky consistency mm-hmm. of flan or something like that, mm-hmm. that would also help, you know, right. the, the, the milky stuff would, would pull the capsaicin off of you, it would deteriorate the capsaicin, you'd still be left with the flavors of, of the, the heat. At alone, though, I think it's a little, a little much compared to other things I've had. Even, even um, was uh, your neighbor's Rex? Rex's goji. Yeah, ghost chili, ghost chili beer it had an amazing flavor to it. it had had a considerable spice because I mean, ghost chilies are fifteen mm-hmm. or one point five million Scoville units. But he managed to pull it down to a spice that was close to this and get this amazing flavor out of the ghost chili. Yeah, 
You're right. Whereas this is just sort of dried chili flavor is a lot of capsaicin. Mm-hmm. Next beer has no label. I'm sure it's illegal to transport across state lines. Who <laughs> <laughs> said we did that? We found it. <laughs> we found it. Uh, we found it right on the state line. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is it. Ha- the cage on top signifies it is from Upland Beer Company. They have a nice sour program there. They certainly do. Um. And they had a salon. In, Upland's in Indiana. Well, yep, yep. And so they did a salon on their sour program, I believe, right? Yeah. And so this is one of their sours. It's one of their lambics, almost certainly. But maybe not. Almost certainly. <laughs> Says Jeff, who smells the neck of the bottle. It's pouring a dark... Reddish, kind of Flandersy. There was almost no pop when I pulled the cork. Doesn't pour with a very big head. Yeah, it doesn't have that reddish flavor that you might expect. You know, if you're seeing lambic, you know, fair chance it has fruit. This one doesn't have the fruit colors to it. Uh, it kind of looks like an old brune or something like that. Iced tea colored, cloudy. This may be their malefactor, which is a stronger version of the Flanders Red, Asian, aged in previously beer-stored bourbon barrels for some light oak bourbon character. To explain the color. It's a bit... Uh, I, I almost would rather have you not told me that, because now I'm smelling oak in the aroma. Well, they made a point in, in the salon about how these are all oaked, I think. These are all... In oak barrels. Yeah, so there's a little bit of... Yeah, it's kind of a Flanders aroma. It's not just straight, you know, sour, like lactic or anything. Yeah. It's a little bit of Flanders, a little bit of sweet tart, and then there's a pretty significant oak flavor to it. Or oak aroma, I should say. Yeah, it's definitely oaked. Big oak flavor. Not so much whiskey, but oak. It's interesting because it's usually it's an oaked beer or it's a sour beer. This one's kind of like equal parts both, you know? I'm going to go out on a limb. Let's go through their sour beers and, and see what they have. So they have their sour reserve, which they, um, they use for blending. Uh, I don't think this is their sour reserve. But it could be. <laughs> and then they okay. have their Malefactor. This is their uh, Flanders Red. Tempo 5 alcohol by volume 21 IBUs. Uh, like I said, Asian beer stored bourbon barrels for some light oak and bourbon character. Uh, Dantelion Wild Dark Ale. Dark wild beer with Bremenices and Lactobacillus aged over one year in red wine. And- Probably no. not. Raspberry Lambic. No. Nope. Blackberry Lambic? No. Nope. Cherry Lambic? No. Nope. Strawberry? No. Kiwi? No. <laughs> Permis- persimmon? No. no. 
and that's it. So it's not a lambic. It's either yeah, what was it, the f- it's one of the sour reserve or the malefactor. Mm-hmm. I don't need the malefactor. It's probably although I don't know that they sell the sour reserve, and that means this might be reason it's not labeled. Yeah. Hmm. We should have listened to the salon ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> but they use sour reserve to blend into and make right. these sour things. So this could be just their sour reserve or it could be their mouth factor. Either way, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, that could also explain maybe the carbonation level. Not very mm-hmm. carbonated, barely carbonated at all. If they have this in big barrels or in folders even, you know, they might have just ran off into some bottles, threw some corks in. Yeah. And flew them to savor. They may have. We'll report back after we have time to uh, <laughs> listen to the salon again and figure but out. I get like maple character from the aroma. Mm-hmm. Lots of oak and, and, and vanilla. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, we didn't really talk about, or my, at least I didn't talk about the experience too much. So the first sip, not a huge full body, and it's nearly a still beer. So it, it seemed thin, almost watery. Watery is a pejorative. And it wasn't, a, I didn't mean it's pejorative, but it's as close to watery as you can get without it being a pejorative, right? Mm-hmm. And then next thing you get is a little tanginess. Now you get some... Um, sweet tart type flavors and then the oak comes right there and you get this big oaky flavor um almost like i'm trying to think almost like an old ale type like think of an oak aged old ale like that almost tastes like what must have been in this barrel before this beer or something like that right where it has this kind of big malty rich caramelized flavor that is in there with the oak. When I smell it, I do smell part barley wine. I'm wrong. They do sell their sour reserve. Okay. But it's a constant, continual blend. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I think this is Malefactor. I really do. I think this is... Take a sniff again and think barley wine or barrel-aged barley wine. Do you get a lot more sweetness if you're well, thinking that? It's 10.5. If, if, if it's malefactor, yeah. 10.5%. Yeah. That's pretty strong. Uh, really strong for a Flanders. And so you're getting some sweetness mm-hmm. to go along with yeah. it, too. It might be one of those things where the first sip, you get the things that are different, mm-hmm. the things that stand up that are really sharp, right? Like the sour and the barrel. And as I'm kind of getting used to those, I'm getting other things. And I'm getting this wonderful English barley wine that's in there. You know, big caramel flavors. Yeah. You know, even though I said didn't have a full body at first, I'm kind of getting, now that I'm getting recalibrated to the body of the beer, it does feel fuller. Gives you a lot of puckeriness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as soon as, once you get used to that spicy, uh, not spiciness, I'm looking at the pet, <laughs> the <pesh laughs> spices, but once you get used to that sourness, uh, the other flavors start to come through, and, mm-hmm. and it is tasting Outbroom slash Flandersy to me. So I'm going to go on a limb and say this is the Malefactor. Probably. Probably. It's a nice beer. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, a little carbonation on it would probably give it a little more mouthfeel. Yeah. A little more... Um, 
see, but the acidity kind of makes it like it doesn't taste watery because it has all that acidity from right from the funk in there, right? And that give that digs into your flesh where the carbonation would typically dig into your mm-hmm. flesh. So it doesn't taste, you know, flat, even though it's nearly still. So I'm thinking sour dates and prunes, plums, mm-hmm. general dark fruit flavors, but have you ever had any of that drinking vinegar? The thing. There's a drink you can get. I forget where it's from, but you can um it's it's a vinegar syrup and you add it to it's a sweetened vinegar syrup and you add it to water, like soda water. And it's a it's a refreshing summertime drink. I was just wondering if you ever had it. I found a recipe to make some, but the recipe was insane. The recipe was like four quarts of vinegar. <laughs> So you're like making like a gallon of this stuff <laughs> and it's, it's a, and you boil it down. So it's this concentrated thing, which, you know, it would make much more than a gallon of drink when you were done with it. <laughs> no true, no real tie into this beer. I was just curious if Greg had had this stuff. No, I haven't. Here's what people at Beer Advocate are saying about Malefactor. I think it fits up with what we're tasting. Let's see. Taste. Bourbon also doesn't do much in the taste. Well, you're wrong. Mild acidity, but potent taste. Super fruity. Cherry, berry combo, some plum. Basement funk with damp, rotting wood. Eh. It's not the only review. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Looking at the that appearance, That was one too, person. A cloudy auburn color with, uh, they say, a very impressive head. Well, we didn't get much of a head in this one. <laughs> right, right. All right, so I guess that's all the beers for this evening, Mr. Weiss. I guess so. Okay, so if you have... Do you have an idea? I I do have an idea. One and two are very tough, though. Okay. So I guess I'll start from the bottom. I'm going to have to put the, put the New York Limited at the bottom. Main reason is, hey, I'm starting to not like whip beers with spices other than coriander in them. You know, these more earthy and herbal spices like nutmeg and, and mace and whatnot. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I got spoiled this winter having to drink almost every... With beer, St. Adams put out. Well, you're just about to go. We should say you're just about to go to the Philly Beer Fest, so you'll have a big, extraordinary the National Homebrewers Conference. Yeah, National yeah. Homebrewers Conference. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so number three, I'm going to put the Elysian Pest Chocolate Chili Ale. I um I liked it, but I really liked the, the other ones. What I liked about the Pest was it tasted like one of those chili chocolate bars where it did taste like they used dried chilies in the beer it might have been neat if they had some of the the fruity fresh pepper flavors that greg was looking for but i'm not complaining that it didn't i think it was still decent had a nice heat to it that wasn't overwhelming number two so i liked the upland and the dogfish 61 a lot and Trying to pick a favorite. I don't want to pick the sour only because it's sour. Um, 
I think it still has to win. <laughs> I think it still has to win. The Dogfish 61 was very good. Fruited IPA. The hops kind of don't shine through, but 60 Minutes not really a crazy hoppy IPA anymore um, with today's reckless palates. Uh, but I think the use of the Shiraz grape must in there was superb. Superb. Go try it. And... Um, the nice thing about this one compared to all the previous versions of grape musted beers and fruited beers is this one should have a much better price point for a single bottle. It comes in 12 ounce bottles. It's available year round. It's probably their most affordable fruited beer they put out in quite some time. And then the uh, Upland Mystery Beer. <laughs> um, could use a little carbonation, but had some wonderful things going on into it. It had a great sourness, had a great oakiness. It had this barley wine thing going on. It was delicious. I agree. Uh, my bottom beer is New York limited. I think that it was just kind of there. It didn't, it, it, it wasn't as good as some of the other previous one, previous examples of, Stuff you know that of uh, <laughs> the stuff that did <laughs> the, the stuff, stuff. It did. It wasn't as good as some of the previous collaboration uh, saber beers have been. I still actually, I, I, I probably am in the minority here, but I think the saber flowers was the best one so far, just because it was so unique and kind of out there. The number two for me is again the Pesh. I you know I liked it for what it was. To a point, but I don't think it was great. I thought it was just good. And I think they could do better. And then they could pull out more of the flavors of of, of those wonderful peppers without also pulling out as much spice as they did. And it kind of got overwhelming. The 61 was really just a, a really good beer that I probably will have more often. Mm-hmm. Because you know, especially now it's, it's around and it's it's interesting and it might also be a good way to, to bring some some wine people into into beer with it without having to buy red or white these twenty one dollar beers and you mm-hmm. can get something that's you know a little <laughs> less expensive right. six right. or seven dollars or whatever it is that still gives some of the qualities and and it's a good example of how brewers are using fruit mm-hmm. and yeah my number one is the malefactor. Maybe, maybe, uh, from Upland, which is just, um, and it, it, it wins on the virtue of it being just a, a really cool and great version of a Flanders, which we enjoy a lot. And it, it wins because it's just a, it's a more rarefied thing, I suppose, than 61 than, than, than an IPA. I mean, if, if everything was sours and we got an IPA, then it might be a different story. <laughs> if the but whole everything's world was IPAs, sour beer. The, and getting uh, a sour is something special. So There was a story on NPR this week about how Americans' palates are trending to sour now. Yeah. And everything's getting more sour. And they mentioned about craft beer or sour beers and how it's up some ridiculous like 3,000% or something like that. The sour segment of the market. But, uh, you know, just in general, the everyone's palates are coming around to more and more sour things than they were, you know, five, ten years ago. And all you craft beer geeks out there, you led the charge. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate you tuning in over these past 
what was it, uh, many years, eight years, seven mm-hmm. years, something like that. Way too long. Um, but we appreciate it. You can contact us. We are on Twitter. That's probably the easiest and best way if you're on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bearer. You are at CBR Greg. We have at craftbeerradio.com. Or we are at craftbeerradio2. We are on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio. We're on Google Plus at Craft Beer Radio. And that thing that they we used to use called email is beer at craftbeerradio.com. That's why is it. why is he crying? Oh, uh, uh, he just got dunked on. <laughs> oh, Crafter Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit our website for more information.